Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, I'm so excited to discuss uh, SEO topic, how you can get results on Google with Lisa Miller. Am I right to pronounce your name? That's exactly right. Uh, you know, because in uh, Russian-speaking countries, we pronounce like Lisa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It depends. Okay. Before we start, introduce a little bit about yourself, your background, because when I check out your LinkedIn profile, your experience is impressive. Can you tell more about your experience? Thank you. That's, a, that's an honor coming from you saying that. Um, but I, I have a few years up on you, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started uh, working for agencies in my early, early twenties, right after I graduated from college. And Google was just starting to um, get popular back then. So I feel like I have 25 years of experience doing SEO and building websites. Um, so I've been able to really um, understand SEO and how it, um, how it affects every single piece of what you do in terms of um, promoting your business. Um, so I've worked in agencies most of my life. I freelanced um, for a very long time before building my agency, ladybugs.com. Um, I merged that agency with another agency about five years ago and put it on hiatus and worked there for four or five years and just came back out on my own last October. Um, so um, my new company version two of my company is we focus on really early growth businesses. Um, and that's not always startup. It's usually early growth. So people think, oh, is that a small business? It's typically not. It could be a $200 million business that's just in its early growth period. So we really are those people that love to just come in, help you accelerate your growth through all of the different, different strategies that we use and, you know, be a part of that journey. And then, you know, if that company outgrows us later, that's fine. Um, but we've just discovered that we, we love that early growth phase of business and we're really good at it. So we decided to really niche down, which has been hugely successful for us. Oh, yeah. Impressive. <laughs> Impressive. Uh, I love your experience. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned about freelance. You, you started there. Uh, mm -hmm. I think um, uh, from my audience, many people uh, are uh, trying to get results on freelance. Can you mm -hmm. provide your insights how you can uh, find customers if you start from scratch? Yeah, I mean, I think that basically you have to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. Um, and you see a lot of agencies out there or individuals saying like they do this and they do that, but you never really see what they do. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I think if you want to provide a valued service or, you know, have a business that provides value to other businesses or individuals, you need to start building out trust uh, with people so that before they even call you, they want to hire you. You know, so instead of just trying to get as many leads as you can or just trying to pick as many clients as you can, just very carefully pick the clients that you're going to do the best job for, do an amazing job for them and just keep building on that success. That's what people yeah. want. They want a proven track record. So if you can prove to people that you've done this, that you can do this for them. I've even seen agencies uh, go as far as saying they don't take lookalike clients. So if you're doing SEO, let's say for a hotel in Boston, they won't take another hotel in Boston. So, you know, and definitely niching is a very great way to get really great clients. So if you are an SEO person or a website designer or digital marketer, focusing on an industry is probably one of the biggest decision um, 
one of the biggest elements that clients focus on when they're making a decision. They want to know that you have experience in that field. Um, so niching down and just being an expert are the two best ways to get clients. You'll just naturally bring clients in if you're good at that stuff. You know, I mean, I, I give you techniques more. too, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. You know, because uh, focusing is the biggest asset in digital marketing. Uh, I think uh, in any niches as well, because uh, even SEO is huge. Uh, you can't be successful uh, to provide on-page SEO, off-page SEO. Even uh, even if we describe some on-page SEO, it's technical SEO, content mm-hmm. creation. Uh, um, user experience, writing, um, it's better to prioritize your time and be successful in one field. Yeah, I mm-hmm. completely agree with that. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about SEO. Uh, uh, if you uh, launch a new website, uh, where to start? Because, for example, from my experience, uh, my clients can uh, come to me and ask, please uh, get results uh, with this keyword like weight loss and uh, i t- reply to them okay show your website you know i'm going to launch this website uh, in the next month but i wanna get results with this keyword uh, uh, how long d- does it take a month two months tell me <laughs> you know yeah yeah uh, tell uh, how to reply these clients So I think personally, first of all, I mean, yes, you can do all the basic SEO stuff. You can make sure your site has good user experience. You can make sure it has good messaging. You can make sure it has some of the keywords that you want. But honestly, the biggest key to success is doing your research and trying to figure out how you can best tackle SEO without just trying to implement some kind of generic plan. Um, So for example, if you are focusing on a certain niche or a certain customer to try to drill down as far as you can into that customer search. Like what are those people searching for looking at those keywords and saying, okay, who else is coming up, you know, and what, how do we differentiate ourselves from them? So there's a lot more than just the words. There's also speaking to that customer once they get to your search result. So if you're a digital marketer and you're promoting that you're a digital marketer for insurance agencies, and then they land on a page that doesn't even have an insurance agency, that's going to actually hurt your SEO because you're going to increase your bounce rate on that search term. Yeah. So that's not going to help you. So I think just really planning and I hate planning of all the people in the world. I probably hate planning the most, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is the most crucial piece to really any project that you do, whether it's a website, whether it's digital marketing, whether it's a migration or a deployment of a, a website um, support, anything that you just really need to wrap your head around having some sort of a plan. The plan can be flexible, but like, what does that plan look like? How do you attract those clients that you want? And what are the searches, you know, that they're searching for? So doing that research is like number one. You probably already know that. And then secondly, is just really drilling down to what keywords are going to bring you the most success. So a lot of people tend to focus on, you know, a very, um, broad keyword. And um, so broad keywords tend to be very, very high up on the sales funnel. People are just searching around. They're not really making a decision. And that could be great if you're an inbound company and you're trying to bring people down the funnel. But if you want to capture people lower in the funnel, you need to, you know, the sales funnel, which looks like this, right? And the top is like when the people first come in and they're doing the research. And the bottom is really when they're ready to make a decision to hire a company. So when people start doing a little bit more 
targeted keywords is when you really have an opportunity to differentiate yourself and sell yourself. Um, so if you are an insurance company and they're looking, let's say a lot of insurance companies will focus on a geographic search, right? Where they are, they want to get customers near them. Um, so if you're doing a geographic search and someone's looking for an insurance agency in your specific town, that might be better than an insurance agency like in three towns over from you or in the city where you're not. Um, and so you might get less searches for that, but they're more validated searches. So they're really looking for an insurance agency next door. And if you can land on a page that says, you know, and this is where landing pages come in and there's different schools of thoughts on landing pages, but um, you know, if you can speak to that customer on that landing page and give them exactly what they want. Um, and again, like some landing pages tend to be very, um, basic and not detail oriented and just trying to get the sale. But again, you're not providing any value there. So you want to really show a picture of like, you want them to visualize like what it would be like to work with you as an insurance agency. So using some really great photography that speaks to them, maybe using a case study or a story about, um, you know, when you got in a car crash and your insurance company guy walked over, you know, and maybe even having a picture of the agent. So taking that content, personalizing it really to that customer to just really try to improve that conversion on, you know, on that search term. So yeah, yeah, well, well. okay, <laughs> let's talk uh, about what you hate. Uh, okay, the last time uh, what I hate? About, about planning, you, you mentioned that you hate planning, but uh, we need to do it, you know, uh, for example, uh, I hate uh, take a cold shower every day, but I do it <laughs> because I know that it helps to improve my uh, health. Uh, and uh, for example, even, you know, a few years ago, uh, I suffered from a seasonal allergy in Ukraine, but uh, after uh, taking this experience with cold shower, uh, I completely forget about any flu cold. <laughs> oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, okay, uh, about planning. Uh, how to create the right strategy uh, for a new client? Yeah, so typically, I mean, there is no, like, black and white way to create a strategy because it really depends on the client's goals. So, you know, a little bit of mix of doing research of their competitors, um, looking at their differentiators and their brand. And, you know, because some of the SEO also um, is affected by um, the experience that the user has. So, you know, we have lots of companies that come in and they have our website already and they're like, well, we want SEO. And we're like, well, your website's kind of shitty. <laughs> to say it in a not so nice way. Um, and so, you know, you're kind of working against yourself if you're driving people somewhere where they're not getting what they want. So looking at that, that whole plan, you know, is your website performing the way that you want it to perform? Like if you just basically fix your user experience alone, your conversion rate's going to go up, even if you don't increase your traffic, because you're going to better speak to your audience. So putting that that um, energy into the, the website first is very, very important. You can change the SEO strategy as you go along, but making sure that your website is fast, making sure it has the information that people want, making sure it's easy to find, ma making sure it's architected really well, um, you know, making sure that the text on there is really speaking to clients and that you have the right messages on there, that you have the right branding, that your branding's consistent. If they found you on Google's, you know, Google My Business, let's say, and they saw your picture and they came to your site and they thought they were going to be impressed and they weren't. So you want to make sure that whole experience is cohesive 
um, to your client. And then once you kind of do that, you know, you want to make sure your technical SEO is all done to make sure that, you know, Google can easily index your pages. So that's kind of that side of it. But then once you start to build a strategy, what you really need to do is figure out what are your goals? Do you want more customers? What kind of customers do you want? And you get, you have to start asking questions that are uncomfortable. Like when people are like, I just want leads. Well, what kind of leads? Who do you want leads yeah. from? How much money are they spending? What do they look like? Where do they live? You need to find out more about your customer and what's really driving them, you know, around that search. And once you kind of figure that out and mix that with some really great um, keywords, you can start to produce pages and content that really speak to your customer um, and drive your customer, you know, back to you. And the customer might not customer might not always come through the website either. So they might go to your website and find you and they might have like a bookmark list or start following you on social media. And, you know, they are following you for a while before they hire you. Like they just kind of want to learn about you. I've had that happen to me a lot of times where people already know about us and they found us on search, but they kind of continue to watch us. And then when they're ready to make a decision, they'll call you and they'll say, hey, I saw that you did another biotech website, you know, on LinkedIn, you should um, come talk to us, you know. And so the whole point of that is that lead is highly qualified. When by the time that person comes to talk to us, they're pretty much 90% going to hire us. So that's a lot less work than, you know, having an inbound marketing plan where everybody's where I'm continuing trying to drive people into my site. Um, and there's like two. You can do both, too. So um, it's just a lot less work when you target the right client. <laughs> and that seems to be a really great strategy, too, for B2Bs, because um, our clients tend to spend more money than the average, like, say, consumer who's like looking for a basic product or a basic service. So there's a lot more value to a long tail keyword strategy for a B2B company um, versus a B2C company. So um, so when you're doing that plan, you're just really looking for the right keywords. I also believe in Kaizen, which is like mm -hmm. um, very small changes versus very large changes. So when a client comes to me and they're like, can we just do everything? I'm like, <laughs> no, I would love to. And you can pay me $100,000 and that's great. But the real value is in that slow process of learning what is working and what isn't and improving what you have and using like an iterative approach approach to always being better. And you, you know, that's not saying you can't optimize for a few keywords at a time or multiple pages, or you can't do an overall site improvement. But even if you do that, you're not really going to know what really increased your SEO. So trying to do it a little more iteratively will help you figure out what's working and what's not working. And when you just try to blanket it, it's, you're, you're spending all that time guessing. You're putting together a plan that you don't know what it's going to do and then you're putting all that work into it and you're not getting the results that you want so you're better off being very mindful and um, planning what those changes are going to be and watching how that affects your customer in the end and then taking that information and building upon that every month so i definitely believe in like the very small changes that can make a very big difference and that's what you really need to find and that is what you learn in the process yes yes yeah very valuable you know uh, even um, uh, i remember uh, most uh, shares a study that um, 80 percent of all sales uh, uh, come from um, uh, from long tail keywords 
That means uh, uh, people uh, and webmasters are chasing high-volume keywords, mm-hmm. but uh, they don't sell like long-tail mm-hmm. keywords. Mm-hmm. And uh, even competition is huge. Okay, uh, you mentioned that you need to find the right keywords. How you can do it? For example, if I go to SEMrush, iHRS, or any other tools, uh, I type weight loss. I can get weight loss supplements, weight loss reviews, uh, weight loss, m- m- many, many other uh, stuff. How I can... Uh, no, that these keywords are mine. I need to jump with that to create content with these keywords mm-hmm. and even uh, to group this list of keywords. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yes, a lot of people use SEM, SEM Rush. Some people use Avrefs. Um, I personally really like SpyFu to do a lot mm-hmm. of my research. Um, and I just like the visual, the way that it presents everything. Um, but I'm also um, kind of an anti automation person. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think that one of our differentiators is that we don't use automation for everything. Um, and we don't use like AI and, and programs to, to do all of our research. Um, so basically, I think a lot of the research should be done with the client. Um, like, again, asking those questions, who's your client that you want to target? What are they looking for? And really, what do they look like? What do they like? And trying to figure out words that are going to more speak to them and their problems. Like, what are their problems? You know, what is a very specific problem that your client has? And then building a list of keywords that you've built, you know, based on your knowledge and your client's knowledge, and then taking the ones that you research and, you know, building on that. And then also like looking at what content's out there already and, you know, finding out, okay, what are the best topics for us to talk about that are really the end goal is to bring value to that client. You know, I hate writing for SEO because like, I don't want to write for a search. Basically, I want to write to answer, you know, that person's question and provide them value. And when they get value from me, I've already built a piece of trust with them. Like if somebody types in, like, what is the best SEO research software? I mean, that's not really a blog I would write because if somebody's looking that up, they're probably not going to hire us. Um, but it's still valuable, you know. Um, and so if you're like a search engine optimization software company, that's awesome. Um, so just kind of like trying to really hone in on your customer, what they're looking for, and feeding them what they need, you know. And so um, that's where you kind of have to mix those three, the customer's opinion and their customer's research of like what's going on, your um, research of what's going on, and combining that into like a real plan for content. And, you know, I am a huge content um, believer. And I also think people consume written content like crazy um because like i love video too um so that's another really great way to uh, enhance your seo but again like a lot of our clients wouldn't really be on youtube looking for something specific but with that said once that search is coming up on youtube and people are going to our website and stuff like that that's just going to improve your seo in general anyway so there you can't hurt yourself (laughs) by doing it and a lot of my clients will do a written strategy and they will do a, a video strategy too and they'll mix them together and that's awesome I love clients that do that Um, but really it's all about brand building so whether it's on SEO social media whatever you want to do you want to build your brand so when people do find you you look amazing you look like the expert you look better than the guy next door and they want to hire you and you know if you look too expensive for somebody but that's the client you're going for and they don't hire that's okay because that's not what you're going for so you have to be okay too 
with turning people away. So like if your customer is only, if your website's only speaking to your customer, you could be also turning some people away, but that's okay. Cause that is how you get those better qualified leads. You know, you have to kind of, you're not saying no really per se, but you are kind of turning them another way. And then, you know, in that situation, what I try to do is again, provide a resource for them to help them get to where they need to go even if that resource isn't me. So again, it's just like the power of kind of helping them along in their journey and whatever you do, they're going to be grateful for. Yeah. Most, most customers, most customers don't buy from unrecognizable brands. That's why yeah, it's better to provide YouTube or any other social media. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, many marketing books uh, proclaim that you need to find where your audience is, but you know, I think it's better to, um, feel confident. For example, many marketers are on Twitter, but I'm on LinkedIn because I like this experience more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's not overwhelmed uh, like uh, Twitter. Uh, even uh, on Twitter, I need to compete with Elon Musk <laughs> to get this attention, you know, because he uh, took all this attention. But, you know, um, I think that um, you mentioned about uh, writing, that you hate, uh, you hate writing for SEO. And, uh, you know, uh, when my customers ask me how to write for SEO, I reply to them, forget about SEO. Forget completely about SEO. Mm -hmm. uh, write for a human. Uh, share value. Uh, provide valuable insights. And uh, SEO is only the game of optimization, uh, the text for a human. Because I think today Google provides a good job to recognize uh, mm -hmm. user experience, uh, user intent. Uh, mm -hmm. And yes, um, I completely agree with you. <laughs> you don't need to write for SEO. It's better to write uh, for a human. I don't remember which study share... Uh, uh, it's like um, 75 percent of all results uh, on google have no a, a keyword you know uh, on on the page that means yeah you can have them on uh, meta tags on title description but uh, it, it doesn't mean you need to have on your context because uh, you can have synonyms or any other keywords yeah <laughs> it works well okay and that's where uh, social media comes in because if you're building a brand and you have some following on linkedin or Facebook or whatever it might be, and you're even, and then you're linking to some of your content, you're even doing more than just SEO, you're building your brand, you're making people yeah. more aware of it. So now your content is not just going to Google users, but it's also going to your social media users. And though that audience together is really what builds an awesome customer base and anything else like that you could have a newsletter list you could have a community whatever your different vehicles are putting those all together you know i just think in general like when people say you guys do digital marketing i mean i think about everything as seo seo and brand building you know so um, that's my mindset when it comes to it i want people to find me i want people to trust me and i want people to hire me but i only want to work with certain people <laughs> and so, you know, when you track other people, then it's like, okay, well, how can we help these other people, even if they're not our customers, how can we help them in their journey? So you might produce some content around that. So, yeah, I just, I, I love this stuff. I love content. So I love writing. I love coming up with ideas for blog posts. I love seeing how they perform. I love going mm -hmm. into Google Analytics every day. And then I lick my computer screen. I'm like, oh, this is so good. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm kind of like an SEO junkie. And I'm kind of a growth hacker junkie too. I'm not afraid to try things that have not been tried before. Um, so like way back in the day when um, SlideShare came out, 
um, I did a lot of SlideShare stuff. And so mm -hmm. when SlideShare was popular, that was really um, helpful to my SEO. And it really helped me realize the importance of content and how people consume it and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, you can't be afraid to try things that haven't been tried before either. I mean, that's just all part of innovation is failing. So if you have a client and you want to try podcasts and see if that works, that could work for one client and that could, might not work for another client. So you just have to take those risks sometimes. And I think one of the biggest things with clients is having them educated in the process and making them, you know, there's so many companies that come in and they're like, oh, we're going to do this. And it's a mystery. We're not going to tell you how we do it, <laughs> you know. And so I think that making the customer really an integral part of the of the program and of the plan and so that they understand like what you're doing and that it's not a mystery i think that education is also a really big piece to how happy they are with the services that you're providing so if they see what you're doing and they see how it works and they they understand how long it takes to to do things um you know like just as an example i had a, a client he's awesome he's an influencer i should introduce you to him <laughs> um, <laughs> but um he he had a huge social media presence but he's like i'm just not getting bookings like from social media and i was like well social media is not really where people convert it's more where people learn i mean they may convert on a smaller product or something like that and i was like why don't you have a website and he's like ah, i don't know it's like so much work and so finally i convinced him to do a website and um we probably did it like six months ago and he called me yesterday and he goes you know I was buying all these google adwords and i was getting like eight leads a day and he goes and then i turned them off and he goes, and I'm still getting eight leads a day. He goes, mm -hmm. I think my website's really working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, I told you that two years ago. Like, <laughs> uh, I, you know, uh, I, I completely agree about uh, failing. You know, <laughs> failing only brings a new experience. Uh, uh, I can't count how many times I uh, fail. You know, to provide uh something new uh because it's the part of process you you can uh, learn uh, this stuff on school on university on any courses you need to test uh, many times uh, most things uh, are not working for you uh, by the way it, it doesn't mean uh, these things uh, are not working at all it means uh, a lack of implementation you know <laughs> for example i know that some people uh, told me youtube doesn't work what do you mean it doesn't work? Uh, it's your implementation, you know, hire experts or spend more mm -hmm. time filming. Mm -hmm. For example, PewDiePie spent, uh, uh, he filmed 100 videos to get uh, the first, uh, uh, it's like less than 300 subscribers after filming uh, 100 videos. Uh, Mr. Beast filmed uh, um, videos for over uh, an year and a half and got only a thousand subscribers. <laughs> uh, because, uh, but today, uh, you can check out their channels. Uh, they have uh, 100 million subscribers, you know, mm -hmm. um, a, a lot, a lot. Uh, and, you know, it's more about uh, testing, uh, mm -hmm. figuring out what works for you, how mm -hmm. you can, uh, especially with different approaches, uh, angles, you know, to, mm -hmm. to search for ways that you can, uh, where you can get results in SEO as well. You know, you mm -hmm. can uh, try some uh, link building techniques, uh, don't get results okay try uh, other link building techniques or uh think how you can change uh, your attitudes uh, and learn from failures yeah mm -hmm. absolutely yeah okay uh, tell more about um uh, link building uh 
I love link building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, of course. <laughs> okay, share your insights about link building. <laughs> Why you love it? <laughs> I mean, I love it for myself. Um, okay. It's a little bit harder to do for clients that are that have very specific niches and. Um, so I definitely hate when I get those emails from like somebody saying, can you link your blog article to this keyword? And I'm kind of like, uh, no, I don't think so. You know, sorry. But um, so what I like about link building is that it kind of forces me to network with people and kind of like try to build an audience that I know versus like just randomly trying to reach out to people and then, you know, providing content in the context of like where I want to provide it. So it's kind of like, I guess it's PR. I'm a PR um, person by trade. I took PR in college um, from Canada. I went to Mount St. Vincent mm -hmm. University and the program there in public relations is renowned like in that country because there's really no other degree program like it um so for me i was a writer and so i originally wanted to take journalism but my parents were like no you're so outgoing you should do public relations and really public relations isn't really that it's not you know it's not like you're having parties and organizing events i mean that can be part of it um, but, you know, it was really about writing in different mediums. So it was about, you know, it was about TV. It was about radio. It was about writing. It was about newspapers. When I took it, there was not really a YouTube. There wasn't really um, these platforms that we have now. But those are just the new mediums of whatever, you know, PR platforms we had back then. So I was producing like videos on like big video machines, um, you know, cutting and editing on like we had machines, we had cameras, like all kinds of cool stuff. So I love all that. And so I guess link building for me, it's kind of like a natural progression of that because I just want publicity. <laughs> so wherever I can find it and, and find the right audience for me and my clients, you know, I will do that. I kind of don't believe in like a, uh, you know, like a link building strategy that's just tons of links. I really, again, I'm a, just a believer in Kaizen, which is small changes, um, but valuable. You know, if I'm going to write a blog post somewhere and I take all that time to write it, I want to make sure that I put it in the right medium. Um, and I will do the same for my clients. Um, you know, so that part is super fun. And, you know, and it kind of forces you to do marketing that they wouldn't normally do for themselves. So like, you know, that marketing person might not normally go out and talk to all these different people in the industry, but like you get to do that, which is awesome. So um, that's what I love about link building, I guess. And I, I guess I don't really um, think of it as link building. I think of it more as PR. So. Well, I think uh, PR is like... <laughs> Yeah, the most hard of link building, you know, because uh, um, when you write guest post, uh, you probably can provide some uh, valuable content for others for free, you know, why mm -hmm. not? Uh, they can link to you. But about PR, you can convince uh, bloggers, journalists, uh, big bloggers uh, to link to your content. That means you need to provide a strong reason, <laughs> you know, with PR. And uh, in the previous episode, um, I discussed this topic with uh, Ferry, and he shared me a study when he got it, uh, like, uh, for three hours of uh, hard uh, work, uh, he got it like uh, 20 backlinks from uh, websites like Forbes, uh, MSN, uh, mm -hmm. and all of them uh, 
uh, have a domain authority plus uh, 90, you know, a lot. And uh, he didn't uh, have any content. He just uh, provided the right outreach. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Can you tell your methods? For example, um, I know that um, um, generic marketing proclaims that you need to create a study or a tool or something like this, some valuable, and tell uh, uh, journalists to link to your content. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, uh, from his case, he didn't do it any content. He just uh, got links um, uh, to the main page. Can oh, you wow. tell your insights? Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> you can yeah, so, out. I mean, yeah, it all goes back to SEO, too. Um, so, basically, you know, a lot of our backlinks don't even come from us asking for them. So, you know, because people are finding our stuff, they're using it as their own resources. So if somebody's writing a blog article about SEO, a lot of times they'll link to one of ours because that's where they got information from. Um, so again, that goes back to the importance of your content being like really consumable, really um, engaging and, and valuable because that's a great way to get backlinks. You can get them without even trying to get them. And I see that happen all the time. Um, you know, obviously we use like PR techniques and stuff like that, that other PR agencies would probably use. So, you know, we have relationships with different reporters and um, different stuff like that. So if some of those publications are looking for experts, we'll provide them. Um, and again, like you don't have to do a lot of it. You know, it's just more about doing the right amount of it and getting the really good backlinks because you could have a backlink somewhere, but like someone may never click on it. So, you know, it really, and I know that's maybe from an authoritative source, but like I have backlinks on companies that no one ever clicks on. So it's like kind of defeats the purpose of having a backlink. I mean, yeah, maybe Google likes it, but the whole point is to get people back to your site to really read your content and consume your content. So, um, so definitely, you know, using some PR is how we do it. Definitely from relationships that we have and relationships that we create in the industry. Everybody loves free content. So if you have really valuable content to share, um, you know, even for myself, like I, I try not to be scared of competition. Um, and that's something that a lot of clients fear. They're like, well, why are you doing that with our competitors on there? But the thing is, is your competitors, your competitor for the reason they're, they're not you. And so, you know, if you can differentiate who you are and what you do against what they do, that's not competition. You're different. <laughs> so um, competition can be your best friend. You know, like if I'm in a list with a bunch of other agencies and people are like, well, you're up there with your competitors. I'm like, yeah, but I'm different than them. So whatever they like about my competitors, they can go there. But if whatever they like about us is why they come to us. So you can't, those are factors you can't control. Um, and just in terms of like other backlinks, um, you know, you can do like local things. Um, you can, you can create different events. You can do video and have backlinks on YouTube and like other stations like that. You can have expertise on Quora. Like, so there's lots of different ways you can get backlinks where you don't really even have to do reach out or outreach. <laughs> so, um, it really depends on, you know, what you like to do. So I love Quora. Sometimes I'll get on there and I'll just be like... <laughs> <laughs> whatever answer stuff just for the the thrill of it and you know a lot of times what happens there is like that will bring insights to me too like what people are looking for what questions they're asking core is a great resource for that um so there's those sites out there that are like that that you know i a lot of people go and they comment on people's sites and they put their link there like that's not that's not gonna fly here <laughs> yeah okay uh, how, how to find uh, the right journalists who who will be interested with your content? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So for me, like, um, so for me, I like to um, reach out to like service providers, like, so, um, you know, someone like you, who's like an SEO expert and mm -hmm. getting to know you and figuring out like how we um, can work together. Um, so I use LinkedIn a lot for the link building stuff. Um, I met somebody at Cloudways, um, you know, and started talking to him and he started following me and he got interested in my agency. Um, same thing with like the clutch um, people, which are agency people. Um, I started, you know, doing, following them and doing some content for them. And again, it's all relationship based. So, um, sometimes again, that can be hard when it's your clients, but you have to kind of help them do it. So, you know, like right now we're working with a B2B company and the VP of marketing is really a knowledgeable person in that business. And, you know, she's like, well, how are we going to build my LinkedIn and get some articles? And I'm like, cause you're going to go meet people on LinkedIn and I'm going to show you how. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I personally, you know, build relationships. And so like, yeah. just as an example, like somebody who might write for Bluehost, you know, which is a hosting company, which is a great backlink for us because, you know, some of our clients use Bluehost. We don't make all of our clients host at the same company. So, you know, so it was easy to say, hey, you know, we have clients with you guys. I'd love to be able to provide expertise to your blog. And there you go, you know. So you can target the publications that you want to be a part of. And, you know, you have to ask. And guess what happens? So they can say no. Big deal. <laughs> and guess what? Then they see your article on their competitor's website. So you're like, sorry, you missed out. <laughs> Yeah, in most cases, yeah, they they say no, and that's okay, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really find that they say no. I I feel like once you build a relationship with people, mm -hmm. it's harder for them to say no. And especially again, if you're following yeah. your own, you know, like you're an SEO expert, everybody knows it. If you said to me, "Hey, Lisa, will you put a backlink to my site on your site?" I'd be like, "Yeah." Do you want to write an article for me? Like, I would be all over that because I follow you. I see what you do. I trust you. Whereas if you were just some random um, SEO company doing that, I'd be like, no, you know, so whatever you're doing, you're doing it right too, you know? So I think the relationship and the trust, and you can do other sources. You can use Haro, um, which is a service you sign up for where journalists ask for questions and stuff like that. You can go to some of the um, associations like, that like um, for your industries and, you know, and just talk to them about what you can provide for them. Cause again, these are people that don't have content, like an association is a nonprofit. And so like the association, let's say for construction companies of the United States or something like that, and you're a construction company, you're like, well, I'll give you free content. I mean, people love free content. So especially when it's people who are resource, um, don't have the resources for it. So yeah. Just to be crafty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everyone loves uh, free content. <laughs> but you know, uh, okay, uh, how we can uh, measure the quality of content? I know that for Google, it's uh, important to have uh, super valuable content, uh, super high quality content, uh, much better than your competitors have. But how to measure it? It's interesting. Um, yeah, so I mean, I to measure it, I typically look at analytics, you know, and I look at um, other software programs that show like where people land and where they go. And sometimes, you know, the value of that content, you don't always know because you didn't promote it the same way as maybe you did another piece of content. So it's hard to know if it's actually the content or the way that you're getting the content out there. 
Um, so like I'll go on my website and I'll notice that a lot of people are going to one thing, but then I'll notice, well, that's on the homepage as a, like a featured blog post. And, you know, so people are seeing it as soon as they come to our page. So I think just like having kind of a mental list of like, okay, this is, this blog post is probably going to perform a little better because it's on the homepage. So if you do want something to perform that didn't perform, then you can go back and say, okay, let's put that on the homepage. Let's see how that performs. And I think you can get a little bit of a sense of your content. It's hard to get a sense of other people's content because it's not yours and you can't really measure it. Um, but it will give you a sense of what people like on your site. And if they're on one blog post, are they going to the next? And then where's, if there's not a next, like where's the next logical thing that they could go to? Um, so I guess looking at that user's journey, if somebody's landing on a blog post and then leaving, that means, you know, they're, they didn't find what they were looking for, or maybe they did, maybe they read it and that's what they were looking for. So just trying to be able to figure out, okay, you know, what does this mean? You have to be, I guess, a data analyst in a sense. <laughs> um, so if you like Google Analytics, that's really great. And then there's some other programs that we use that, you know, show where people came from. So it will tell you, like, it won't necessarily say, you know, where exactly they are, but what kind of company they may have worked for to make sure that you're targeting like that right audience. And so, you know, I'll look at that and I'll say, okay, well, people are coming from like higher education institutions and we don't do higher education like universities. So why are they coming here? You know, how do we better target the people that we really target, which is, you know, um, educational institutions like before higher education so you know i guess like asking some of those questions and just always analyzing and again it's just some of its data but some of it is just your own expertise and trusting your own instincts and yeah and you know stuff like that yeah agree agree you know um uh, i remember when uh, someone asked uh, gary v about uh, quality of content and he replied it's subjective you know <laughs> nobody knows <laughs> it's quality or not because uh, he produces uh, a lot of content uh, and pay uh, pays more attention with quantity not quality but you know it's uh, quality as well because it's uh, it shares value i usually uh, uh, compare uh, competitors uh, with my clients uh, and uh, or about uh, the top 10 results. When I check out the top 10 results, I, I ask my clients, can you create something better, much better uh, than uh, existing content? If you can't, just keep it. Don't try to cover everything. Jack of all, trace master of none. Just uh, pay attention with uh, priorities. Uh, find uh, content uh, where you can create much better than existing because uh, content is the number one ranking factor. If you can't create much better content, skip it. You, you can't be successful everywhere. But when you feel confidence that your content will be much better than existing, it's not about pictures, structure. It's more about uh, value uh, covering users' intent because sometimes you can check out in the top 10 results uh, the articles with 500 words, 1,000 words, but uh, it's not about uh, how many words you have. It's more about uh, how people uh, learn to your website and get uh, answers, uh, especially uh, many people check out uh, analytics uh, uh, bounce rate. But bounce rate is not a bad metric. You know, if uh, you have 80 or 90 percent of bounce rate, it doesn't mean that uh, your users uh, are not satisfied with this content. Uh, Google analyzes well time. 
uh, if people uh, get back to the social uh, to the search system and uh, check out other results uh, bounce rate uh, your users might uh, get all answers to their questions and leave your website that's okay because you help them or uh, they can call you uh, or something like this yeah yeah even the people that just want your phone number or want your address or whatever and like let's say you don't have a google my business or they don't have you on google my business or whatever they click on your site they just want to call you they just want to go there so yeah bounce rate is not always i guess a negative thing and i also have a little bit of an issue with long-form content because um you know google the research is out there that it says long-form content performs better on SEO and that's all great but when you think about people on the internet they don't have a lot of time when they're looking for something it's different if you're on YouTube and you're looking for something because I think people have the expectation that you're going to watch something and it's going to take some time like I'll go on YouTube at night and I'm like this is my night I'm going to watch some awesome videos I'm here for an hour or two you know but I think when people are searching on Google and stuff like that they're in a hurry Um, If they're looking for something specific, especially like a business, but if they're looking for directions on how to do something, then they might be more apt to like, you know, just for example, um, uh, Moz, for example, right? Moz writes tons of long form content. And that really is meant for do it yourselfers who that speaks to them. But, you know, really, if I was going to go learn how to optimize a website page on, um, you know, for Google's new algorithm or whatever they're writing on, like their their big, long blog post, I'm going to go to YouTube for that. I'm not going to watch. I'm going to read through that. I'm just not. I'm going to go to your channel and I'm going to watch it um, because I'm a visual person. I do like to read, but not about that. I like to read about like Brad and Angelina. So (laughs) so I just think that, you know, I long form content. I kind of have a little bit of an issue with because most of our clients don't really want to provide long form content because they're clients aren't really looking to do something they're just looking for like answers and more so you know so trying to balance that long form content with you know obviously everything we do is you know going to be somewhat lengthy because you know that's how you provide value but does it need to be 5000 words like that to me that's a white paper so right now i'm kind of trying to figure out like okay like long form content is it really worth it you know, some people think that once you rank for it, you're there forever. And that could be true. But the minute that Google changes the algorithm, that could be untrue. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I just think like that's right now one of my biggest like questions in my head is like, how much long form content do clients really need to provide? And, and if they do, how do you provide it really, really well? I mean, the good thing about long form content is you can use it on various platforms in various ways. So if I provide myself long form content, I'll use that to do webinars and speaking engagements and stuff like that. So it is useful. Um, but most of our clients wouldn't really do that. So I, I always have a problem with that. And I don't know what your um, thoughts are on long form content. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think it depends on the audience. For example, Forbes uh, uh, usually uh, has uh, short articles and the audience lo- loves to consume these articles. They uh, are lazy to read <laughs> a lot more. And I think uh, it's uh, nothing is wrong with our nature uh, that people are lazy. You know, uh, I'm lazy. Anyone is lazy because we, we uh, estimate our time. 
and of course uh, but uh, on the average google ranks uh, higher uh, long uh, form content because this content re uh, uh, replies to more questions uh, helps more uh, it doesn't mean that you need to provide long term content to reply to all these questions because users might not need this answer <laughs> sometimes for example if you uh, type on google uh, the age of barack obama you can you need only the number yeah <laughs> and google can reply to this question even faster uh, i think it's better to learn users intent first uh, for example can you uh, provide all uh, this information uh, in short form if you can then create long uh, content that's normal um and yes it, it it makes sense when you analyze for example most audience uh, wanna get more insights wanna learn more uh because they can't learn from uh, a few paragraphs uh, if they read a few paragraphs uh, what's the point i don't understand anything what they can do that's why they provide some details uh, to explain and uh, it works for most uh it might not work for uh, forbes because forbes need to uh, share breaking news about uh, bitcoin was down or uh, uh, we have some uh, other stuff elon musk uh, uh, lost uh, 10 billion dollars for an hour you know uh, because their audience wanna get the breaking news and yes it, it, it depends on user intent learn your audience uh, your keywords uh, uh, i think the best way to analyze the top 10 results just open them uh, read uh, the uh, all content that you have there uh, and think how you can create something better if you see a long term uh, co uh, long content in the top 10 results tutorials uh, i don't know like uh, big guides okay create something like this you know <laughs> yeah i think uh, um, i asked once this question uh, lily ray and she replied to me uh, when uh, uh, she uh, discussed this topic with uh, martin split from google and uh, they uh, and you know they um, were laughing together about <laughs> uh, that you need to create only long content it depends you know always depends <laughs> okay I have the last question for you. Uh, uh, provide your insights. How people can learn more about SEO? Uh, where do they need to start? And uh, share your methods learning of SEO. Um, so to learn about SEO, YouTube is absolutely awesome for that, um, including your channel, which is awesome. And, you know, I think that there's some really great podcasts out there. Um, that you can listen to around SEO. If you just Google best SEO podcasts, I can't name them off my head because I listen to so many different ones. But just, I think that understanding that SEO isn't an all, you know, it's a not one thing um, and that it's going to change depending on the kind of business that you have and the kind of goals that you have and that you can't have the mindset of like, this is what I want better SEO and not really have an understanding. So I think the biggest advice too, if you're going to hire somebody is be educated. So do your research first, educate yourself about SEO so that people can't try to tell you that, you know, you should do this and you should do that. You should really understand that you need a comprehensive plan. And even if that plan is let's improve all of our pages that are on page one, that's fine. That's a plan. 
you know, get on from page two to page one. That's a simple plan. So I love those plans. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's much harder when the client doesn't really know what they're ranking for, or they're not ranking for anything, and then you have to rank for something. So that's kind of like, at least when people are already on page two or page three, you can, you know, you're moving from somewhere. So um, again, just listening, researching, and honestly, figuring out how you as a business can differentiate yourself from other businesses that you think are competitors that really aren't. And to just change that mindset, like my business is unique and this is what I offer and this is why, you know, I might be coming up in these rankings, but I'm going to be a little different. So I guess that's just all my advice is just learn, educate, YouTube, podcasts, and just get to know your own brand and be proud of that. You know, uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, really, you know, uh, because uh, you share uh, my mind, you know, <laughs> I don't know where, how you steal all my... We're SEO soulmates! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, be, yeah, because, uh, for example, um, uh, from uh, client's point of view, uh, I often get the question, how to steal um, from my competitors? Uh, I reply to them, don't do it. Uh, you don't need to steal from your competitors. You need to search for their weaknesses, find their weaknesses, uh, and uh, uh, highlight your unique selling proposition. Where are you strong and uh, jump there? Uh, I think that m- many people don't understand uh, uh, keyword research tools. They uh, just uh, try to overcome uh, strong sides of their competitors, but they are strong there. You know, they have some authority, trust, uh, and it's hard. Uh, it's better to search for weaknesses. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, uh, learning the show, yeah, uh, video and audio podcast, uh, very good. Uh, even more, uh, you can, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what type of format you can choose. Just do it, you know, it. Okay, the last question. How people can find you, learn more about you, uh, reach out to you? Yeah, so um, best way to, like, interact with me is on LinkedIn. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. And, you know, I'm very active around not just SEO, but a lot of issues around um, business in general and entrepreneurism and being a women-owned business. So I love to have women follow me and and provide, you know, lots of insight. So, and then my website is ladybugs.com, L-A-D-Y-B-U-G-Z dot com so 1990s um and then most of my handles are lisa preneur so it's l-y-s-a preneur so twitter facebook instagram um you can find me there um and then my business is also there ladybugs.com and if you google boston web design agencies find us at number one <laughs> okay 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 guys you can find all uh mentioned links uh, in the description below uh it doesn't matter where you listen to this episode apple spotify google uh just open uh, the website page uh, with this episode you can find all these links uh, linkedin uh, website uh, and any other links that we mentioned on this show uh thanks a, a lot for listening it's a big pleasure to talk to you, to learn from you. Uh, I love to speak with experts and uh, thanks a lot for sharing all uh, this uh, valuable tips for my, with my audience. Yeah, no, I feel so honored that you had me on today. So keep doing what you're doing. I love your videos. Okay. Thanks, guys. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.